Welcome to Life Lessons Learned with Carrie Edwards. In the studio with me is my guest Saitya Jagannathan. Now she is a model, an actor, a sports presenter. She even has a podcast on uh, um anchor she's also part of voice of anchor but most importantly the thing that i want to talk about today is um the fact that she is the mother of twins so she does all of this stuff while simultaneously being the mother of twins now that's got to be interesting so first of all welcome to the show saitya hey carrie all right now um one of the things i i know that this is this is during covid-19 and stuff like that and um it's generally best when when we have guests um for us to do like covid tests and things like that but we've decided to forego that entire process um because you know her bedroom is what 30 feet away from my studio about about 30 feet i mean i think a better description would be that you're my baby daddy <laughs> well yes so her twins oh are also God, no. <laughs> her twins are also my twins and that kind of helps the process so yes we didn't have to covid test before we did this because we live in the same house and we are in fact the parents of twins so uh, aside from the obvious welcome to the show let's just let's just start with with the entire story because like i've i've told the story several times in the media from my point of view right but uh, and and you've told the story several times from your point of view um, but we i've never interviewed you about it right no so but what story are you going to be interviewing me about no i mean like just the story of like like us getting pregnant us having children like the hurdles the all of that like uh-huh. we've we've talked about them separately but we've never really like i i mean obviously i've never done an interview with you about it right true so so we're, so in that sense we're kind of talking about things that we haven't really talked about because because i already know all of the the stuff right so the 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 thing I mean, that one would imagine yeah so the the so i want to start with the 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 first most obvious thing like when we decided that we were going to have kids right um you you were quite adamant that you wanted to eventually yes. and i only ever wanted one so so how did you manipulate the situation to have twins <laughs> and win that argument <laughs> you know i wish i didn't find that description funny then i can be annoyed at you for it but i find it funny but i guess i mean and i do like winning arguments yeah so i'll take that one but i guess my genes were in my favor mm-hmm. because twins run in my side of the family but however you're not expecting that you're going to be the carrier of you know that gene or that and it's going up the odds for you when none of the other cousins who already had children before you multiple times have had twins right so i think it took me more by surprise than it did you or yeah, I, think- i i was just i was just like like i i was surprised by my sort of immediate reaction right because when when our doctor told us that we were having twins yeah it's like a switch went off and you were all teary eyed and oh and you look like an emoji in like split yeah my, my immediate reaction was joy yes and my right. immediate reaction was i need to calm down this freak out <laughs> because i was like oh my god like i have to house those two inside of me for like almost a year like housing one child inside and growing it is intimidating in itself and then two 
especially when you're as skinny as I am. So, so, so weirdly, it's like you were not a house; you were a hostel. <laughs> in, in that sense, you had more than one guest. You were a bed and breakfast. <laughs> You know, I still feel like a bed and breakfast considering how I'm feeding them and they end up well, falling right asleep right on now, me a no, lot. Right now, you're a bed, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. <laughs> and they are unpaying guests. Well, I, I mean, in fact, you could go one step further. They're guests that we pay for. <laughs> <you know? laughs> now, now uh, since, since we're talking about, you know, housing them for nine months, um, our twins are actually quite large right like so 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 for those of you listening uh, typically uh, twins are much smaller than single babies right and also um, when you say large i think you mean tall no tall I, or long babies because that's how the doctors describe them well yeah no what i mean is like if if you know whatever the size of an average single baby mm-hmm. is pretty much the size of each of our twins when they were born. True, right? and that is unusual. Which is very unusual. And and my, my question is, how did you breathe while they were in there? Because they must have been crushing your lungs. That's something that a lot of women don't realize is that when you're pregnant, your baby does in fact put a lot of pressure on your lungs and your capacity for air is, is somewhat less. That is something I had absolutely no idea about. But in a way, I think COVID prepared me for it. Because right, had, because you had COVID right before. Yeah, and I had COVID for six weeks, and then you remember I had trouble climbing stairs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I forever, I used to say things like I feel like an old person, I have trouble breathing. I thought my fitness levels had come down, but it's just my lungs were not functioning at the capacity that a thirty-year-old's healthy lungs function. Right, and. After that, I recovered from that. Shorty got pregnant, and progressively, as the babies grew taller, 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 uh, my lungs were getting drastically compressed. So I think six weeks of COVID prepared me for it. Yeah, because um, so I was I was looking at the uh, um, at the numbers, and um, uh, what I found was that the average single baby is anywhere between you know five and seven pounds, right? That's like the average. Ours were like six pounds. Yeah, and I had two. And you had two, right? So, so that's like you know, you had twelve pounds of baby, which is. And with a lot of um, my friends who I've spoken to who've had children, it's uh, you know, babies turn and they settle in different positions, mm-hmm. so their lungs get a bit of a break depending upon which way the babies are facing, and sometimes right. they settle that way for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. Whereas for me, I had two, and also unusually in our case, like most twin babies fit head to toe and toe to like they're right yeah like yin and yang that's right, how they right. fit except ours were heads together feet together the entire pregnancy yeah because they just wanted to chat to each other and i mean there are babies so they're going yeah, to be chatty that's the that's the problem with having entertainers for parents i mean both of us talk for a living so obviously our babies are going to be extremely chatty cathy that's just that's just what happens but what were the what were the things that like really took you by surprise when it comes to pregnancy like the stuff that the stuff that nobody ever talks about somebody needs to it. rename morning sickness <laughs> yeah yours was really bad because i had 24/7 for 9 months sickness and yeah. everyone even in the movies like they make it seem so pretty it's not it's like oh excuse me i, I need to i've got morning sickness a bloop 
and then like that's what the movies for the most part are like yes then i was like drew barrymore from that show on netflix with projectile vomit coming out of my face 20 times a day <laughs> yeah uh and just how draining that is yeah i remember at one point um, she used to spend so much time in the bathroom throwing up that i <laughs> i put i put a little stool uh, in the bathroom so that she could throw up and like sit while she's throwing up because it's just it was so draining to go through that process yeah i also had water i had oaris in yeah, the yeah, bathroom yeah, was, even a fan in the bathroom it was all it was all like set up it was set up for vomit that was uh, <laughs> that was really what it was um so so now of course when when our babies were born right um like people people talk about like a lot of times like when uh, with other fathers that i've spoken to you know uh, like my dad told me that the like it wasn't like my coming into the world wasn't real to him until like i i was born and he was like he was stroking me and i grabbed his finger and he said in that moment right there was this there was this feeling Yeah there's right? outpouring of emotion and like, a, that was a bonding moment for Yeah me. so like for me that happened the second our babies were born there was there was no like I didn't so weirdly like I didn't have there's no a moment right there's not like there was suddenly this moment and I was like oh my god these are mine and there was this bond right um it was like from the from the the second they were born they were just inherently part of my life you know like so there wasn't really but i think that's also because of the fact that most of my pregnancy uh it was a lockdown and we got to spend a lot of time together so you could feel pretty much every little kick that was happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i was also quite aware in terms of what movements were happening for me to be able to describe mm. them to you so you had a better frame of reference and i think you loved each scan a lot more than i did and i think for the previous generation uh one they didn't have scans back then if mm. they did men weren't allowed in that space like right. even now how many men hesitate to go in while their wives bellies are getting scanned for crying out loud i mean how did you get her pregnant in the first place why yeah, is no. it awkward to see your wife's belly with some so, gel so 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 for all of you guys listening um uh, and ladies listening uh, there was this moment where we where we went in for like our first scan and uh, and our doctor is actually like a friend of mine right um so our um uh, uh, obstetrician uh, and i have been friends for almost 20 years and so she went into the room with Saitya and then the nurse kind of closed the curtain so i opened the curtain to walk in and she was like no 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 um you know we give her a little privacy and i was like um ma'am how do you <laughs> think we got pregnant i have seen everything that there is to see and the nurse was so embarrassed no but i don't understand that because i think on some level when you do things like that it it almost puts the father outside the first ring of the pregnancy hmm. and for someone who's outside who's not experiencing what's happening being able to potentially feel those kicks feel those flutters being able to see the baby in a scan meant a lot more to you than me hmm. Hmm. because if i paused and focused really hard i could tell each of their heartbeats and tell them apart right 
and i could tell you when one of their heartbeats were racing i could tell you when one of them was turning which way which one was facing except for you everything pretty much felt like a little tap on my belly right right but for you in that scan being able to see mm. i think made a far greater impact which i think if more men were allowed in and if more men were not for example i loved the fact that i was freezing in that room every time for a scan and mm. you would keep my toes warm Mm. but it's those little things that helps you bond in that journey otherwise pregnancy can be quite isolating not just for the mother but also the father fair enough because yeah. culturally you're already saying you don't want her out and about interacting with too many people because you don't want to be catching some kind of infection what I mean, not in in fairness the, if if it were up to most uh, husbands or partners they'd they'd prefer that whether the uh, woman was pregnant or not they'd be like please don't go out don't interact with anyone just stay at home <laughs> we will leave your social commentary for another time and focus on the story here okay but now 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 do you think that that arranged marriage has an aspect of like why fathers are the way they are especially in india because because when you when you look at things globally i i'm not saying i'm not saying that every father is me in the sense that like because i am extremely involved in everything um and and i'm not saying that every father is that way but or needs to be that way or or or, or needs to be that way or is wired to be that way yes, right it's it's not so this is not a judgement right yeah. it's just that um typically when you when when you look at the world right globally fathers do on average tend to be a little bit more involved than fathers do in india right and i'm just i'm just this is just this is just a thought that occurred to me i mean do you think that potentially uh, um arranged marriage because of the way that it's set up is turns uh, the um, children also into some sort of a weird transactional thing i do think it plays a part but i don't think it's an indian thing mm-hmm. i think it might be a cultural thing mm-hmm. because you see that in a lot of different countries mm-hmm. where somehow culturally when you look at a badly behaved child you immediately say your mother should have taught you better right no one right. says your parents should have taught you better right so inherently the entire load of getting pregnant giving birth and raising a child and then the onus of that child's action for its entire life even when the child is an adult and is responsible for its own actions falls on a woman for some reason no i i don't think that's true because I mean, you said no no true. wait 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 because you said getting pregnant falls on a woman now it kind of means a man there it like that's the, man there, but that's I the think, one part yeah but i think what you don't understand is because of the social bubble that we live in and we've mm. grown up in is for a lot of people as soon as there's a little bit of time it takes for them to conceive mm. there's a problem with the woman more often right. than not men don't even get tested which i think is absurd yes so there's so, so there's this really funny uh, uh, story um from uh, uh when when we when we decided that we wanted to have a baby and we we got pregnant really fast um so we so we we decided that we wanted to try and i said okay let's just go talk to my friend um who, who's uh who's my obgyn yeah um so so we so we went in and we sat down with her and we were like hey listen so we've been talking and we've decided that we want to have uh, we want to have a baby and she said oh okay which one of you has the problem 
and we kind of like we were confused we were like neither of us and she's like why are you here i wanted like right? because i'd and heard you needed to start taking prenatal vitamins yeah, before and, you start trying and she's like but like i'm literally in the city i'm everyone's last resort right when nothing has worked that's when they come to me and if you guys don't have a problem why and i was like well because you're her obgyn and you're my friend of 20 years so it just seemed like a logical thing to come to you and she's like you guys are weird just just go and like make a baby and then we and came back and i wanted back. a prescription for calcium and folic acid yeah. essentially that's why we went and then and then we we came back like a, a, a like less than a month later we were back and we were like hey listen um so we did a home test yeah. and it says that we did a home I'm test pregnant. and 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 it says that she's pregnant so can we can we just do a scan and she's like it's too soon this there's, there's no chance that i mean like the chances that you're pregnant are astronomically low and we're like just like humor us and do a scan and so she did the scan and she's like uh you guys are having twins <laughs> which which in itself was you know quite a shock uh, in a, all fairness i asked but... her to check again potentially put on a pair of glasses in case she was yeah. seeing double yeah no no your exact words were um uh, are you sure that we're having twins or are you just looking at the same one from two different angles <laughs> and, and our doctor turned around looked at side and she's like ah oh, no i'm good i've done this i've done this a few times <laughs> so okay so now uh, babies are born uh what is the first thing that that completely surprises you after the babies are born it's the first thing how little hair they had on their heads and i immediately like i was like this is carrie's fault yeah so so there's this <laughs> so there's this really weird thing right like um so and this is happening parallelly in my brain while i'm going oh, oh i'm seeing them for the first time i'm so excited but my head is like they don't have hair on their head so most head. most indian babies are born with just like full heads of hair right yeah um, i'm i'm used to all the babies in the family having enough hair for you to be able to spike it up on day 2 yeah and so and and western babies tend to be born mostly bald like a few of them will have hair but it's like they're mostly bald and so my side of the family is mostly western and yeah and then the babies just just came out all little little baldies in fact uh, in fact my son looked like he had male pattern baldness yes. right because he had hair on the side and the back but nothing on the top he looked like a little benjamin button <laughs> uh, so so as a mother right like again like i i know that the, the when when people talk about uh, um Uh, you know the, the difference between mothers and fathers and stuff and it's like mothers have this immediate connection to their children mm-hmm. is that what it was like for you was it was just for me it was instantaneous i didn't even like the fact that they had to take the babies out right because i had an emergency c section and wait, wait, when you say out you mean not out of you but out of the room yes out of the room right yeah because i they had to like finish stitching me up and close up and move me to post sorry i just i, I just thought of a funnier way of saying that uh, the, out of the room not out of the womb that's it just yeah in all fairness if our babies had their way they'd have stayed in the womb because they were holding on tight and refusing to come yes out. they were i watched the video and it's you know that's the other thing right is is um, so so because aditya had to have a emergency c section uh, one of the things that people don't really talk about like they they just throw around c section like it's this very casual thing like i watched the video i've had ankle surgery that was less graphic 
right like when i was having surgery on my ankle i i was awake through the through the whole surgery and mm-hmm. i was in fact sitting up looking at what the doctor was doing like if i could have sat up and looked and the doctor could have operated i'd have done but that. no but the point is after having watched my own ankle surgery and having watched your c section your c section was a lot more complicated yes. than my ankle surgery right but if if we were having a conversation with like a random person and and i was like oh i had ankle surgery they would be like oh my god like what happened how did I? and then someone's like oh you had a c section oh okay you had a c section it's like dude the c section is way more complicated than the ankle surgery see but you know? i think that boils down to two things one with how delivering babies and the entire imagery around it especially mm-hmm. in the media because all of that content is usually written and directed by men right and more often than not these men invariably might not have been either had children of their own yet or would not have been present when their partner or right, wife was right. having that child so it's like a woman screams three times and then like she has makeup on and she looks really cute and like she pushes a baby out right i've known people who've been in labor for 3 entire days yeah, and what people yeah. don't tell you is uh, in most hospitals they don't let you eat anything mm. can you imagine starving for 3 entire days while going through contractions that are incredibly painful and then having to expend every ounce of energy that you have pushing the baby out for hours right i you'd think that you would need like full meals like they serve in a wedding served to you five times a day for you to have the energy to do something like mm-hmm. that and even with regard to a c section like everything's all pink and nice and well lit and it's done in absolutely no time No one tells you that just because you have a spinal block you can still feel every single thing they're doing. Right, you just it's just the pain that you don't feel you feel everything else. And for some people it doesn't work. Right. I've known women who've had surgery like C-sections where the spinal block hasn't worked and they felt the actual pain. They right. felt the actual pain and the baby's in distress and the doctors had to go through it. So imagine it's almost going back in time when we didn't have anesthesia and we had to perform surgeries on people. Oh, that was a fun time. <laughs> that, that was a very fun time in history. And <clears throat> the other thing is I think women downplay pain a lot and mm-hmm. also when women talk about pain it's not taken quite as seriously because everyone there's this general thing that women are emotional. Mm-hmm. There's also this general trope that women overdramatize and they exaggerate everything. But sometimes Okay, now at the, at the risk of pain, at the risk of going out on a limb and and getting you upset with me. <laughs> I, I think tropes exist for the same reason that generalizations exist because they're largely true. You know? No. It, it might not be it it might not be fair, but see, I they're would, largely true. I would disagree. Mm-hmm. For example, the example that I would give you is like most of our medical texts and medical knowledge and medical research so far mm-hmm. until recent past was led by men. In and, fact, sorry, I have a little I have a little uh, um addition so every single part of the human body that has been named after a person has been in fact named after a man yes right so including joyful. no no wait wait including there is an area right <laughs> which is directly behind a woman's perineum right and and the doctor that discovered it is named after him i can't remember what it's called but yeah you you have yeah. an area in in your genital region and that is named cares. after the man <laughs> it's named after some crusty old white man nobody cares about it. so that is what i mean so like largely 
history media medicine and everything is from a male perspective with very little input from women right a lot of these tropes come from media come from narratives and are written by men so i'm mm. incredibly tired of tropes that say women gossip my god men gossip too no, but not 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 in the same way but wait we we're, we're getting off topic no, that's we were what talking I mean. about so but, like we're talking about pain and women's pain not being taken seriously right. and it's the same way it's just women exaggerate and women are emotional men exaggerate men are emotional except the way men are raised they don't necessarily handle their emotions very well mm-hmm. they're only allowed to express negative emotion and nothing positive because mm-hmm. then they're considered a softy so all of those factors come into play yeah in fact my my next uh, my next podcast mm-hmm. is 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 actually about like being a man and what that means oh that's exciting uh, yeah but coming back to the point that I was trying to make is you would be surprised at the number of women who want to go on surgery and who get pain meds that are equivalent to a dolo 650 hmm that is well, not I mean, a painkiller yeah, and you've had major surgery and most of them aren't aware of the fact that they can actually stop and say i want more hmm. and when they ask for that they're not necessarily taken seriously and you have to understand that this trope has gone so far that most obgyns especially in india are women right who've had children of their own who mm. understand their own pain but they are trained in a system that they don't take other women's pain seriously right right like i for example had to stop advocate and demand for different painkillers because the first set of painkillers given to me did not work right so i came out of surgery and it's not like a mother gets a break everyone says you know once your pregnancy is over then like things will get No they don't. Yeah that that that's actually what I wanted to talk about next right because so so for example like we're 25 odd minutes into uh, the podcast and the truth of the matter is that just in order for us to be able to sit in the same room for this amount of time and have this conversation we needed your parents here and my parents here right so that that the the babies are taken care of while we're doing this because we're both going to be unavailable for you know 30 or 40 minutes yes and we had to time it between both their feeds because yeah. i'm needed there because no one tells you how much of your bodily autonomy you lose as a woman when you become a but also but also i think um one of the things because one of the things that i've watched you go through uh, you know breastfeeding our babies is that um like the thing that nobody really thinks about too much is that i mean you need to be like well fed and you know all of that in order to produce the food that they need yes right? which is something that like no one really thinks about because like we don't think of milk in in those terms anymore no and no one factors in because there are studies that show a well rested woman's milk supply is much better more importantly you've had major surgery or you popped humans out of your body you need to rest and recover hmm. but as soon as a woman's given because while she's pregnant everyone says oh my god you lavish so much attention on a woman not really because at that point you treat her as an incubator that you want to care for right because it's about don't eat this eat what's good for the baby i understand you're craving that but do what's right for the baby don't have spicy food like it's not good i have no idea where these ideas come from and once you deliver it's everything about a child hmm. like suddenly a woman that's gone through so much physically mentally emotionally who needs extra care and attention is suddenly ignored 
and is also right. expected to do way more than she's ever had her entire life after she's been through the biggest physical mental emotional event in her life right and how is that fair more importantly how does that make sense to anybody okay um so so we're, we're getting close to like the 30 minute mark and and that means that both of us are going to have to like head out and deal with the baby so i just have two questions to ask you uh, before we wrap this up uh, the first one is um what was your biggest surprise like in the last 6 months because now our twins are 6 and a half months old um so what what was your biggest surprise in the last 6 months and uh, um what was your biggest joy in the last 6 months okay i'm going to answer biggest joy first because that's just so much easier for me is is watching two little beings discover and learn things that we take for granted mm-hmm. like just being able to grip and hold something in our hands we take that for granted and i watched the two of them fumble around learn pick things up drop like to roll over to be able to crawl to learn to make sounds we take our ability to speak for granted mm-hmm. and i've watched them gurgle spit make funny sounds surprise themselves every time they've discovered a new sound that they can make and it's it's amazing and i take my life a little less for granted because of that mm-hmm. like uh yeah cuz our son river will beatbox <laughs> yes yeah he he does this he does this weird sound is he you just go <laughs> he does it rhythmically as well which yeah, is which yeah. is astounding for a 6 month old i don't know if that's normal or what but it's our first set of babies and we're excited and our first set of babies yes because our default is two yes right like we we ask friends we say things like uh, hey how are your babies doing and they'd be like we we only have one like sorry that's just the default <laughs> setting um yeah and 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 zara has this this squeal that she does that is just absolutely adorable um and it and weirdly she you, sounds almost like a dolphin if you are yeah yeah she does which is which is funny because you know um, when when they were when they were still inside you uh, we we used to call them flipper and chill and she was flipper yes right and then she comes out and she starts making dolphin sounds <laughs> so it's like ah oh, okay but i wonder you... why we ever called river chill considering how much that boy kicked but that was yeah so so in the early part of the pregnancy <laughs> she was the 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 one that would flip and turn and he was kind of like very calm which is why we call them flipper and chill and then the last like 3 months or so of the pregnancy he was just like football playing yeah, throughout and she was chill was a cross between a football player and a karate kid and <laughs> i remember at 2:30 am what it was with 2:30 am every night where he would kick her awake hmm and i could feel the entire process and then she'd start kicking and I'd be like oh joy your joys and you'd be <laughs> snoring next to me and if i could pick up a bucket of water i would have it would have been so satisfying to wake you up like that but that's th- that's, that's why pregnancy is designed that way so you can't pick up anything <laughs> um okay so so biggest surprise in the last 3 months in the last 3 months i mean in the last 6 months sorry in the last 6 months okay yeah. Like I know what it is for me. For me, it's how incredibly bonding breastfeeding can be. Mm-hmm. 
and also how incredibly frustrating touched out breastfeeding can be at the same time mm-hmm. that i think was my biggest surprise because no one tells you those things everyone says breastfeeding is the most natural thing no one tells you like how you can be incredibly it can be painful it can be sore there's a bit of a learning curve not just for you but also for the babies right. and every time you and the babies have figured something out they have a growth spurt something changes right. a new sense starts to develop and something changes and now it feels like we found our rhythm again and one of them is going to start teething and that's going to throw everything off again hmm. and so there are days when you look down and you're nursing your baby and you're like oh my god like this is a bond that's amazing and I don't think you're ever going to understand or I'm going to be able to put into words what that's like for you to understand and then there are days where I'm like why does Carrie not have boobs that are just like functional <laughs> and useful and you think somewhere like they, you think how humans evolved or designed like I did the pregnancy part why couldn't you do the breastfeeding part like why couldn't we evolve like that you know you have days where you're that frustrated and you're just like your boobs are useless like why do you have nipples that it's not like yeah, it's not understand. like instagram cares about your nipples whether you have a shirt on or off like why are they even there so so for me the the biggest surprise i think in the last 6 uh, months from the time that the babies were born uh, is you, you know how i i used to always say that that you're the love of my life yes right and uh, and i mean i said that with all seriousness because that's that's truly what i felt at the time oh do you remember what you said about children what what did i say about children Uh, I am very happy with just the two of us and whether we have children or not is not going to make a difference in my life. No, but, but no, okay, no, but I mean context. So so what I was saying was having ch- so it, like from my point of view I was like if I have children great, if I don't have children great. I'm I'm not Yeah, but you also finished that by saying you will still be the love of my life. Yeah, so, and I think so, that's changed a little bit now. But yeah, because because now the the the, the love of my life calls you mama, <laughs> you know, like that's that's just that's that's what it is. I'm really sorry, but you are number three now. I'm aware of that, okay. and I'm. Well, actually, no. I I mean, no, no. You, you're number, number two, two because because both of them occupy the first spot. I'm just happy I'm one step above our puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely number 3. Yeah. Because I fully expected to be number 3, like number 1 was like River and Zara, number 2 would be Luna our pup and number 3 would be me. No, no, you're, you're number 2, Luna gets number 3. Yeah. Yay! Although although having said that, Luna has shared a bed with me more in the last year than you have. We Which have two is... little minions that have taken over our bed. <laughs> okay, so so on that note, um thank you so much for being here and doing this. Um I think I said yes just because this almost feels like a date. Yeah. We yeah. have not ha- gotten to sit down and chat. All that's missing is like food and some wine, but like it's not like I can yeah. drink right now. So 40 40 minutes 40 minutes of privacy. That's yeah. And and we'll and we'll do it again if I'm a guest on your show. Let's see. I think I'm we'll going to make it. you a guest on my show <laughs> just so we can get to do this again. And then we can go from having a fun conversation to having an awkward conversation. Yes. Fair enough. So uh they have it ladies and gentlemen. I uh, I I hope that you guys uh, really enjoyed the show. I hope that you had fun. I hope that you learned something. Um and most importantly, uh this was 
this was a, a weird version of life lessons learned but um, at the end of the day it, it really was about learning so um, I, I stuck to my end of the deal and I hope you guys had fun uh, thank you so much for being here Saitya my absolute pleasure alright and uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode bye bye